Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wheelhouse DNA. Hi, everyone. My name is Boye Koliday. And I'm Chris Sautel. And welcome to The Future Forecast podcast where we explore the intersection between business, technology, and entertainment. If you don't know me, I'm the co-founder and president of The Future Party, which is a community-based media company for creative professionals. We have a daily newsletter where we talk about culture and technology, and we host a ton of different community events across the country. And I'm the co-founder and CEO of Crossfit Studios, a Gen Z media company built by Gen Z for Gen Z. At The Future Party, we are so proud of the business and the community we've built, so we have the idea to create this show to dissect and explain some of our most interesting stories. The Future Forecast is brought to you by Wheelhouse DNA and Acast. Today, we're looking ahead. We're going to talk about the band KISS making the move to digital-only performances, how Drake's new amusement park isn't really what it seems to be, and the reveal of the first Grand Theft Auto game in 10 years yes <laughs> but first but first but first but first let's catch up let's catch up this is episode one I mean, dude i cannot say enough how excited i am yeah to start this off I- i'm so stoked i mean we've been talking about this for literally a year yeah 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 the thing that it's been a real a year now and i mean this has been a baby and a vision for you for quite some time i mean not forget the pod but building not only Future Party, but building your own brand, we yeah. had deep conversations about for a while. I mean, we had. I mean, I think for me it was like I don't know if if New Year's res- resolution was is the right word, but wanting to create more content as a thought leader, yeah, is something I feel like a lot of people in our industry really strive or want to do, but sometimes have these like mental blocks and barriers, and I think you know, I'll raise my hand. Like sometimes I'm active, I've moderated things, but it's still a lot to put yourself out there on social media, which I know, like you said, we've talked about. I feel an incredible, immense amount of social pressure to create that content. Mm -hmm. I, I, for anyone that's listening that could relate to this, I don't, I don't really necessarily want to, if I'm being honest. Yeah. It's just the feeling that I have to in order to be the best business person and marketer for the business that yeah. I'm in. Well, there's a term people follow people, not brands or businesses or whatever. And honestly, I feel very similar and I don't get me wrong. There, there are elements of fun, but yeah. to a degree also it's, it's work. It takes time to create content that people respect, you know, cause we also live in an in industry where people can be judgy. One minute you're in, the next day you're out. <laughs> the next day you're out. I think that's why I kind of like this format because we're just talking as homies and essentially every week you and I, uh, maybe some guests, uh, maybe some people from our teams will talk about three main huge topics that happened at the intersection of business and culture. Uh, we have a daily newsletter that we write. 
We can pick things out of that. We can pick things out of just what's, whatever's trending on TikTok and Instagram. And then we'll just dive in. We'll talk about what makes sense, the reasons, the whys, and hopefully add some value to people's lives. Yeah, I love that. Let's do it. KISS, the rock band, is transforming into a digital-only band. And here are the details. So the legendary rock band, let's call them legendary, KISS just finished the final show of their farewell tour at Madison Square Garden this week, and they had a pretty unique announcement to share with their audience. So basically, they were like, this isn't our last tour, uh, but it's going to be our last tour in person. And at the end of the show, the band walked off stage, and then a new version of KISS revealed themselves as digital avatars on the stage. And so, big reveal, they're now going to tour as a digital act, similar to kind of what, what, what ABBA did um, with sort of their ABBA voyage. Are you familiar with that? Uh, I've, I have done my research on it. Yeah, so ABBA Voyage uh, created, you know, with the band in mind. It's uh, a venue around London. Uh, it costs a lot of money to create, like $175 million. And it's basically a place where you can see ABBA as virtual avatars. What is your feeling on that? That's a great question. I mean, I think uh, we are, in general, in an interesting day and age. I think there's a lot of AI, virtual reality, hologram type things happening. And so it's really unique to see it uh, happening in the live experience entertainment industry. Uh, I think about the sphere, right? Like it's, it's not necessarily like avatars, but it's larger than life technological experience. And when I think about the avatars, you know, with ABBA, with KISS, I I think we're going to see more. I really do. Like, we're going to bring back Elvis. We're going to, you know, bring back Frank Sinatra. Like, I think people are going to want to live these these musicians in the same way that we listen to vinyl. What would be an act that you would go to, you, Boyer, would go to, uh, that you would, like, want to see come back? I think, like, a Bob Marley would be really interesting. Whoa. Yeah, I think that would be, like, a very fun, fun show. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah? Yeah? I'm, I'm, I think you're yeah. telling the audience a lot about yourself right now. No, I mean, like, I just think he's got amazing music, and um, I think he represented a lot of things, not just weed, but <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know. How about you? Who Who would you want to see? As I was asking you that question, I was like, who would really go do that? Is that something that you really would want to go see or go do? And ironically, you literally said, you said Frank Sinatra. Yeah. And it made me go, I was like, do I need to watch an avatar and all the stuff? It feels a little bit like that, like robotic presidents kind of performance thing. Yeah. It reminds me of like that they did in the seventies or eighties that Disney did. Who wouldn't want to see the Rat Pack talking and doing their shtick yep. and feeling like you're thrown back to that time and place as at a jazz bar for piano night. That is a very, yeah. like, that's a fun one-time thing, almost like it's Cirque du Soleil, I guess. Yeah. No, I think, I think you mentioning Cirque du Soleil is very interesting because I think that's very, like, a, it's an experience where we're watching. Imagine what can now happen with advanced technology with the interactivity of these avatars like what will the new age karaoke room look like like you know oh wow because one of my go-to songs is frank sinatra is it really yeah so like i'm just thinking like 
there could be a world where you're not just singing along with the lyrics, you're singing along with these stars. And one of the reasons why I'm thinking about this, there was a, a play, uh, and, and, and work with me here. It, it, it's called Cages. It was really big right before the pandemic here in LA. Okay. And it was a holographic play. And it's really cool thing set in Meaning this like actor. Just for clarity, yeah. the actors were holograms. Some of them. So there was a main character. He was real, but everything else, or most everything else, except for maybe some extras, were holographic. So he would interact with another main character that was a hologram, and it looked so real, and it was doing so well. I think it actually might have moved to London. Wow! So we're probably going to see more of that, to be honest. The only thing I'll, I'll really hit on here, yeah. What's interesting is it creates more competition, yeah, for live events, yeah. If you're bringing back acts like an Elvis, the estates, I can't imagine the estates not wanting to make money. Oh, they're so happy right now. Oh, beyond belief. I don't know if I would say that I think that this is something, say, Taylor Swift is going to go take her act and then make it more available for people. I guess someone could take that as a moment to yeah. recreate their tour and make it available like the movie. Yeah, that's that's actually a good point. I agree. Like, if you're alive, maybe you don't want to do that right now, but that's kind of why I mentioned the karaoke room thing. What about pop-ups? What about, like, micro-events? Obviously, it's not going to replace the real thing. If you're a deal maker. This only really highlights name and likeness clauses in contracts yep. or name and likeness rights yeah. skyrocketing now more than ever. Oh, yeah. And I think, too, like we were talking about estates, though, everyone's selling their yeah. catalog. Now it's like, whoa, I can, I can still tour, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's wild. And these things are making money. ABBA made like $150 million. I think their tours made $200 million as real life people but something that just for us to think about as we proceed forward is there are only so many gigantic acts that can command that type of thing like an ABBA or like a Beatles or a or a kiss yeah and I think as technology advances the cost to create that thing will go down which will make it more advantageous for maybe smaller acts and smaller audiences but I I think it's going to be a really interesting wild world um that we're we're going into one artist that we both like <laughs> yes. that we both saw at the super bowl last yes, year yes very much and it was amazing drake our boy drake aubrey graham uh he just bought an amusement park i don't know if anyone knew this but he has an entertainment firm called dream crew they recently purchased uh the materials from a long forgotten amusement park called luna luna Uh, And this isn't Disneyland. It's not Six Flags. This is different. It's like a unique amusement park experience. Luna Luna um, was originally founded in Hamburg, Germany. It was a brief run, small attraction thing. This is the unique thing. It was designed by some of the greatest contemporary artists of the 20th century that we still talk about today, like Jean-Michel Basquiat, Salvador Dali, et cetera, et cetera. Why did Drake buy this? Because... They're about to pop up. I think they're opening this weekend, actually. They've got, like, a 60,000-square-foot space. They're going to have, like, a bunch of rides. I think it's actually kind of cool and unique, especially when you look at the artwork. But I'm like, why? 
that's something that I'm trying to figure out now. I feel like everyone in our age is like very much trying to find their why. So yeah. way to way to really hit hard. Yeah. Let's call up Drake and ask him his why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why? I guess the better question is why not? Why not? Well, I think so here's one of my thoughts. You know, we kind of just talked about it with the with the last conversation on Kiss, but generally we know that the course of an artist is uh we start with music, right? A music artist. Uh, we do concerts, we do merch. And I think when, when musicians really make it, they become businesses and enterprises. And we've already seen musicians create fashion companies and beverages and so on and so forth. And honestly, Drake has done it all. But the experience, I think, is one that's a little untapped. So we've seen Tyler, the creator, with Camp Flogna, Travis Scott with Astroworld. I'm sure there's so many others. Well, I don't know if Luna Luna is going to turn into... OVO slash Drake's like huge concert festival, but it's really interesting to see that these artists are creating IP around experiences and bringing people together. Maybe it's their, his way of getting into the hospitality game. My why not would be, you know, yes, Drake has already accomplished so many things. He is an arbiter of culture or an arbiter of taste and also is perpetuating culture, pushing it forward every every month you know he's trending he's always in the conversation he's crushing it but you get to a point where i'm sure you're challenged with the question of what am i saying Mm -hmm. today or why am i saying something and as you're building your as you continue to build your brand or as you have your brand you're continuing to cultivate both your community but that community then needs to become a universe mm-hmm. and so what i think of luna luna or whatever they're going to call this thing now i, I definitely am going to go visit it i would yep. definitely go same why not night. why not uh i guess the question then relies on what does this mean for drake's universe as he continues to build is this how he plays to millennials pursuing forward who are looking for new fun activations like this to me sounds very art focused art driven yeah it sounds niche just by the nature of like salvador dali yeah and being brought to the masses hopefully yeah Yeah. but it also sounds like it could be very expensive one thing i'm curious about is how he layers in the rest of his universe the nature of luna luna doesn't seem like a festival where like there's going to be performances yeah. But the artist element, right? You have these age old artists, you know, maybe there's a way where he can weave in new age artists and give artists a chance to sort of be weaved into the rides and, and things like that. Like what, what could he collaborate with Highway Way or Thank You X or whoever or NFT, you know, Y or B. And I think maybe there's something bigger here that we're not seeing. Like, I wonder what else Dream Crew is going to be up to. I think too, like we have a parent company, they're called NVE. They're great. They have a, a saying, the, the right moment will transform someone forever. And I, I love it. It's very profound thought, right? And I think this is a move to be involved in transforming people. And I think it's the same thing Disney does. You know, it's the same thing, not to be weird, Chuck E. Cheese does. It's like creating these serendipitous moments and and i think it's it's interesting to see i i I won't be surprised if we see more celebrities people like drake doing things like this yeah yeah i'm excited to see it the gta 6 trailer just leaked it's blowing up the internet uh if you didn't know 
the last GTA game, GTA 5, was created a decade ago. And Rockstar recently put out the trailer for GTA 6 earlier than expected due to a quote-unquote leak. Quote-unquote. Quote-unquote. Come on. And the trailer reveals that the game will be released 2025. Uh, it's really interesting. The trailer's already hit 107 million views on YouTube, which is bonkers. Wow. But here's the catch. The last GTA trailer took that many years to reach really? 100 million. Yeah, because if you look at them on YouTube, there's GTA 5, which is 100 million-ish views, and the new GTA 6, which has been out a couple days. Did uh, you see that when it leaked? Uh, Rock, when it leaked, Rockstar had to tweet out, hey all, we know it leaked. Please watch it on our YouTube. <laughs> because they wanted to make some of the AdSense money back. That's funny. Yeah. But you know what? I Like, diving a little deeper, I wouldn't be surprised if that in and of itself was orchestrated. Oh, really? Yeah. The game is not supposed to come out until 2025. Uh, They've just recently released it. So why is it a big deal? Some, some stats. It's a most, one of the most popular games of all time. Uh, GTA V was released in 2013 and set a sales record by earning $815.7 million in one day, the highest revenue generated by an entertainment product in 24 hours, according to the Guinness World Records. So look, the hype is huge. The trailer uh, that Rockstar told everyone to go watch on their YouTube <laughs> has over 107 million views. It's obviously getting a lot of attention. So we were kind of talking earlier about their marketing, I think that was planted. I think they're like, it, it's about to leak. Like, we're going to, like, the storyline, I just feel like they're, they're so smart. So one little meme I saw last night, actually, uh, was someone talking about how the, the trailer is co-opting a lot of Florida Man themes. Yeah. And they, they posted the, the Florida Man actual moments next to the moments in the trailer. Like, that's not someone just discovering that there's, like, literally, like, 10 different Florida Man themes. That's Rockstar actually being like, okay, let's do this, let's do that. But I would say that also is a really great example of how meta we as a society are now because people just yep. want to cover the headline yep. to also then monetize their own review. Yep. Of what's happening. Yeah. The hyper-realism of that trailer is bonkers. Yeah. Like, it's like real life. And I think it, I think there's like a deep, profound nature to how we should think through <laughs> playing more or less like a shooting game that like feels like you're real. That's the thing that scares me the most about playing. Uh, I have played GTA in the past, way back when I was a kid. I'm going to figure out a way to play it, either whether I purchase it or I'm at my brother's and I play at his house yep. for a couple hours. I want to experiment with it, no different than experimenting with any technology. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it's, to your point about graphics, as graphics get better and better and you're basically simulating real life, at what point when you're pulling up a gun on a police officer, at what point are you truly just living that life yeah. vicariously through the actions you're playing through your avatar. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, Elon Musk tweeted, he's like, I can't play GTA because I don't like doing crime. Like, he he felt uncomfortable shooting cops. And I, I kind of get it. Like, when they feel so real, it's like, 
what are you like really sort of imparting into the world? And look, there have been studies that people feel like there's no sort of causality behind like playing shooting games or crime games or GTA and actual crime. But I think there's something to be said about like what does it do for the psyche because people go ballistic for this game. Yeah. I guess one counter, uh, as we talk about this, one counterpoint against would be, well, what about police officers that do simulations in order to practice or train for themselves? I was thinking about, I'm thinking about the application to VR. Like, what are the implications of this if once Unreal Engine gets implanted into like Meta or Apple glasses or things yep. like that? Not to get too far off topic, but what happens when you're playing a VR headset game and you're, and the graphics are at the same level of a GTA. Yeah. I, I mean, one could argue it, it, at least in the sort of example or the conversation about training police officers, maybe it will train them better. <laughs> but like, you know, cause they're like, it's, it, it's like more visceral. Episode one, boy, <laughs> coming for the boys in blue. Let's do it. I like it. I like it. Um, <sighs> Ready Player One. It's really it's a tear. It it is between Kiss and Drake buying weird things and and GTA. I think uh, GTA recreating Florida. Yeah, that's really that's, <laughs> that's really, really what we yeah. needed. We will uh, we'll have to play the game. We'll have to see what's up. All right, Chris. It's about that time. I'm ready. I'm ready. What what time is it? It's hot take time. Woo! <laughs> This is the time where we talk about our hot takes and make predictions of the future. And then in subsequent episodes, we're going to see who is right or wrong. They better be good. Well, they're going to be hot takes. Well, I mean, I know my takes are going to be hot, but the question is like, are you going to have any? I guess we'll have to see. In staying in the same tonality of GTA, yep. I predict that GTA will make it available for cryptocurrency to be used in in-game purchases nice. or in, in, in yeah in-game purchasing very nice very nice i i could see that so question oh, but, oh, i have to think about that because that's 2025 though huh oh yeah well no they could announce it if they're okay. releasing trailers two years they ahead, could announce that you know? yeah but do you feel that they're going to create their own or they're going to allow you to buy in like bitcoin or solana or whatever oh that's interesting i i'm saying i don't think that they'll predict i don't think that they'll create their own i think it's to their benefit to make it available to yeah. all, any and all shit coins. Yeah. All right. GTA could single-handedly make everyone rich. My prediction. Uh, here's my caveat. Like this. Oh, might, here we go. There's well, a caveat. There's a caveat because this prediction may not happen in a quarter, right? So I'm. I might just be handicapping myself, but it's one that, like, in two years, I would like to be like, hey, remember that one time, you know? Or maybe honestly, even in, in a decade. But we're talking about experiences. Uh, I mentioned Disney before. Uh, I recently went to this really cool event uh, that Will I Am did with Van Jones, and weird, weird combination. But um, it was. Uh, I think the theme was like make Wakanda real. But it just got me thinking, and I've actually thought about this before. Right now, Disney has theme parks around the world. You know, it's like the Magic Kingdom in Paris and in japan but there's nothing in africa what if disney created wakanda as a theme park in an african nation 
and made it a school at the same time, like, a, like almost like MIT, that would train the smartest African people who would then work on the park and legitimately make Wakanda real. I hate you because it's just a cool prediction. Whether it comes to <laughs> life or not, it's just a cool way to be looking at the world. Yeah. And going like, what if that happened? I think it will happen. I think it will With happen. the schools and everything else? Yeah. I think it's going to happen. Do you, will I am tell you this? Is that what happened? No. Like, do you have insider knowledge? I'm, I'm just willing it to existence because it, it's like, it's smart. Yeah, it is It's smart. like the only hurdle is like, finding the right African nation, the right people to trust because it's a whole different continent. But like China's investing in Africa so much like America should be. It's like literally the next horizon of, of earth minerals, of innovation, of population, like build Wakanda. Like it's there. And I think it could do so much. In fact, the African continent, I know like Nigeria where I was born and where I'm from you know, they have this thing called the public-private partnership where they want private companies to work with the government to do unique things. Right. Um, and I think so many African nations are in debt to China because China's investing in so much infrastructure. I think it's just going to be a matter of what do those countries and those businesses, what risks do they want to take investing in sort of a new landscape? So. If I can also throw out, if you have anyone, any, all of our listeners, if you have any predictions, any uh, hot takes, please throw them in the comments. Yes. We'd love to hear yours. We can talk about them in the future. And maybe we give our comments and, and, and thoughts on whether we actually believe that your predictions will come true. Yes. And maybe we'll steal some. Yeah. And say they're ours. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, we will give credit. But also, like, let us know if what you think of our hot takes. We encourage all of you listeners to... Uh, find us wherever podcasts can be listened to subscribe uh, to the newsletter find us on social media we're going to be doing this week in week out in fact you're traveling next week and I'm traveling the week after and we're going to figure it out though yeah that's right yeah so tune in future forecast uh, see you next week the future forecast is produced by wheelhouse DNA for ACAST our executive producers are me Boye Ecolade along with Fanny Baudry Cassie Berman, and Leah Sutherland. Our audio producer is Chiara Noni. Our audio engineer is Matthew Blocka. Our editor is Nick Kersimi. The podcast is hosted by yours truly, Boye Kolade and Chris Sautel. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.